Hello and uh yeah welcome to my uh thoughts on the uh astrology of 2024 which you know seems like a pretty electric year with um some great dynam dynamism great healing potentials and uh a pretty powerful um end of uh, the year in 2024 to look forward to uh i should ask before i go on Anyone would mind kind of sh like sharing, liking, or commenting uh, this video? That would be uh, really helpful. Thanks a lot. So, to briefly cover some kind of key dates, uh, Pluto will be going into Aquarius, which is kind of challenging um, all all forms of scientific dogma. Um, views of the future that are, you know, not resonant with the majority of people and uh, very much empowering groups uh, in the years ahead, decades ahead. But first of all, he'll go to meet uh, Mars and Venus uh, around Valentine's Day, which uh, seems to be a pretty uh, pivotal uh, point in the early part of the year, as far as I can tell. And also in February, uh, the Chinese astrological New Year is the uh, the green uh, wood uh, dragon, which uh, is the luckiest uh, year in the Chinese zodiac. Uh, extremely notable for kind of noble uh, uh, goals, um, great great deal of power and initiative and uh, innovation. Another highlight of the year is. Uh, 20th of April, when Jupiter, who's um, you know, been in Taurus for a few months now, just about to turn direct uh, later on today at five degrees Taurus, he will meet Uranus, who's who's been in Taurus for, for years now. Uh, this is possibly the pivotal aspect of the year, which is great kind of revolutions in um, Taurian matters like agriculture and finances um land kind of shifts um whether that's kind of countries um uh, having a revolution or um land grabs plenty of things like that in historical terms which i'll go into that later on then on the 25th of, of may uh, jupiter enters uh, gemini uh, until uh, the 9th of june uh, 2025 so this instantly, with Jupiter in Gemini, is very talkative, very communicative, uh, and instantly is a trine with Pluto. So it's, um, you know, messages can go viral. I would recommend people, you know, communicate them, yeah, particularly in the middle of June uh, for, you know, maximum impact. And towards the end of the year, Jupiter... Uh, with all these big ideas and his exciting kind of curiosity and adventures, uh, will be squared by Saturn in Pisces and the you know the wise mystic, pointing out things that you know. You know Jupiter should really pay attention before you know expanding, too big. We have our eclipses in March and April. Uh, the March eclipse is. Quite partial, but the the one on the eighth of uh, April is uh, a total 
that solar eclipse, total new moon, which seems pretty powerful. Conjunct the uh, north node in Aries, as well as conjunct retrograde Mercury and Chiron. So, you know, there could be some harsh uh, truths about things that we'd um, either forgotten about or overlooked. Uh, perhaps old messages might come back, information that we hadn't uh, fully realized the ramifications of before uh, can be uh, found, which will nevertheless help us uh, in our pioneering initiatives, which is what North Noting Aries is all about. In April, Mars will meet Saturn and then Neptune in Pisces, initiating new kind of two-year phases around building our dreams, looking at the long-term kind of uh, mystical skills and insights that we'd like to uh, utilize and why we'd like to do that. Uh, and, you know, generally having a more practical approach to our uh, dream building. And then we come to late May, early June, where kind of quite a brutal aspect uh, finishes. It's the asteroid Nessus in... Uh, in Pisces, who's the um, the one whose blood was uh, uh, used to uh, kill Hercules in the Greek myths. Uh, Nessus uh, opposing uh, Therius, the uh, the bear hunter of uh, mythology. This is often about people lurking in the on the sidelines, uh, just not necessarily doing anything to remove their opponent or the person in their way just waiting for that person to kind of die uh, and then taking their place to enact their um you know nasty kind of plans so this is something that's looking at around may june which indicates to me the importance uh oh i should say this has been going on for a couple of years since late uh 2022 so like uh 18 months, two years, about 18 months. Important as a clearing our entourage, ensuring that we're surrounded by uh, people we're resonant with, uh, processing any kind of martyr, uh, savior kind of uh, programs, and uh, stepping out of the whole victim aggressor field. So, this is all things that I'll go into more depth. I'll just covering the things uh, very briefly over the year. At the same time, in, in early June, there's the Venus uh, star point, which is uh, Venus, the Sun conjunct Venus, uh, about 14 degrees um, Gemini. So it indicates kind of period of uh, speaking from the heart, um, great for singing, poetry. And in the same month, there's a, a grand water trine in the middle of the month, which is great, a uh, very emotional time uh, for um, uh, empathy and um, intuitive insights, um, paying careful attention to our dreams, uh, all kinds of psychic insights. In uh, July, 15th of July, Mars uh, moves into, through Taurus to uh, conjunct Uranus, who's... Um, Obviously, in um, April, had his um, seismic, uh, very expansive conjunction with Jupiter. 
and is you know just thinking how to make all this uh, all these expansive technological things happen all these um you know fantastic kind of dietary kind of um revolutions how can we bring them about uh and then mars comes along in july and uh helps and helps uranus to take action now later on in the year uh, september october uh, mars gets into uh cancer and goes just about into leo in december before going retrograde uh until february uh, 2025 and essentially spends uh a long period of time in retrograde shadow end of cancer uh early um leo second half of cancer i should say and this is going to be a great aspect for um reviewing our uh, actions around our home and family in particular with the long majority of it in cancer uh but it can also be quite temperamental possibly with uh, mars and leo But the key part of this is that Mars uh, will oppose uh, Pluto, uh, who's just uh, at the end of Capricorn when Mars first opposes Pluto. Uh, and for the second and third oppositions, uh, Mars is in Leo and Pluto is in uh, Aquarius. Now, only the first opposition between Mars and Pluto is this year on the 3rd of November, the second one. 3rd of January, and then later one, a few months after that. This could be a highly volatile period. Uh, Mars and Pluto represents all the kind of great powerful forces impinging on the um, spontaneity and the activeness of uh, Mars. However, in a high-frequency way, this can be extremely helpful for looking at a deep uh, kind of patterns of um, activity uh, and fears, uh, things that we put in our way to stop us taking action and uh, really processing those key things and stepping out of, you know, perhaps uh, very long-term patterns. So it'd be a very interesting period um, that was the end of the year, start of next year. And then we've got some more eclipses in September, the first um one of a series uh, in Pisces-Virgo axis, which um, is conjunct uh, Neptune uh, lunar eclipse. So it's very much about scales falling from people's eyes, seeing things a bit more. That could be quite a surreal eclipse. Piscean one with um, artistic and creative inspiration, tapping into other realms. And then the eclipse in uh, October is uh, in early Libra, and it's conjunct the South Node, conjunct uh, Black Moon Lilith, who's really quite a kind of uh, uncompromising uh, feminine uh, asteroid who really refuses to accept what anyone else, or well, refuses to go along with anyone else's instructions or orders. So a very independent. So at that point, we might really see a whole new side to people uh, that we are close to, that we're in partnership with, perhaps. And, yeah, it could be shocking. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bit of a breakup aspect, I would suggest, that eclipse.
are certain changes in partners. And then we get to uh, November and there's a, a lovely grand fire trying in the final week. Uh, sun gets into uh, Sagittarius. Uh, got the North Node, early Aries. Uh, we've got the um, Mar Mars is uh, just about just about got into Leo before his uh, long retrograde. Uh, so it's a great period of energy and inspiration, creativity at the end of uh, November that can be uh, you know used you know very productively. I would suggest uh, could be kind of slightly rash in terms of heading off on um, uh, less well kind of thought out. Um, adventures uh, but this kind of energy of the fire trine uh, grand fire trine is um, always able to um, start a new exciting project if, if another thing kind of blows up in his face another key aspect I'd like to mention in this kind of you know very brief opening summary of the year uh, in late July Chiron will get to uh, 23 uh, Aries which is within two degrees of uh, Eris, the uh, very disruptive uh, planet that was squaring Pluto and causing all kinds of um, disruptive possibilities in the start of this, at the start of this decade. Now, this is a um, kind of a trailer for the next couple of years, like 2025, start of 2026 in particular, uh, where Chiron and Eris will be uh, conjunct at the... Um, towards the end of uh, Aries, around 25, 24, that kind of area of Aries, which really is indicating um, huge kind of painful kind of shifts um, in how we, um, how people appear around us. It could be even indicate something to do with the shifts of the um, people's physical health in um becomes noticeable in the middle of the year, but particularly 2025, particularly 2026. And right now the impact of in injections is kind of there, but not so well kind of represented um, in things like the media. But I would suggest by the middle of next year, it'll um, be really noticeable. Um, heading into 2025 as well. Okay, so that's my uh, very brief summary of the uh, year ahead. Uh, yeah, if, as I say, if you enjoyed that, uh, please, um, I would uh, visit my website, because uh, my Telegram channel, you know. Uh, I do do readings for, for people as well, for a reasonable fee. The details are all on my website. Uh, also on Etsy, and um, I think it's a good value uh, offer I'm making for uh, readings, for your personality chart, for um, transits for this kind of period, like this year, years ahead, uh, seeing what kind of useful potentials there are, looking at um, uh, the houses, for example, like the 12 houses of your chart, where the planets are in, when you were born where the planets are now in different charts, so looking at different aspects like physical health, finances, the home, the mind, relationships, career. All kinds of areas are all the different uh, 
aspects of the chart and uh, astrological um, guidance. Now I'm going to go uh, go through a PowerPoint now with more um, more specific details that you'll be able to refer to back uh, over the year. Let's see if I can do this. So. Right, so here we go again. So it's just um as I said, this this is the um the year of the wooden dragon. So yeah. It's very good for uh, growth, very good for business, green shoots, green wooden dragon, it's um, very powerful. Uh and around Valentine's Day there's some very key aspects actually which will indicate transformations. Could be a lot of uh, wedding proposals, I would think, around that period. Or conversely, um, sudden kind of breaks in relationships. Great for uh, weddings, I would suggest, that day. Uh, for We've got the North Node in Aries all year, so enterprise and initiative, pioneering, well-starred. And Libra and South Nodes are dropping dissonant connections, dropping artistic forms that are no longer resonant. Um, you know, perhaps, you know, finally dropping that kind of long running sci fi franchise that we've been kind of watching for years. Uh, and there's a huge Uranian element with uh, Pluto moving into Aquarius, which is ruled by Uranus. And um, then uh, Pluto moving, sorry, more firmly into Aquarius um, before by November staying there for like 20 years. And um, obviously we've got Uranus turning direct in January. That's huge. And um, when Jupiter moves into Gemini, uh, middle of the year roughly, that he will work together extremely well with Pluto to help to kind of um, popularize the um, Aquarian kind of uh, revolutionary ideas around uh, technology and communities and um, uh, visions of the future. So there's a lot of, in, a lot of aspects around um, electricity and um, seeing that more clearly, like perhaps seeing how, say, electronic cars are kind of using forms of technology that are perhaps not as good as we've been led to think uh, and, you know, connected to kind of people being essentially enslaved to find the materials for these kind of devices and huge rethink starting starting along the in these areas i would say uh uranus and pluto uh indicates again kind of a mass awakening uh finding resonant teachers like as i, as I say i would definitely recommend uh, anelia benz uh, for a more um for a less astrologically based uh, look of the at the year ahead as well, and in general for kind of awakening and empowerment information, uh, then there's yeah with Pluto uh, opposing planet the planet opposing Mars in the uh, sign of the masses, Cancer. Late in the year, this is it also indicates uh, mass awakening. Through it's just impossible to ignore the the nature of um, these so-called powerful forces uh, trying to 
mold uh, large groups of people for their own benefit. So moving on to uh, Pluto and the age of Aquarius, it might might even be with uh, 20 years of Pluto and Aquarius. Uh, Pluto, the great eliminator, uh, on 20th of January will you know, move into Aquarius for you know, a brief trip back into a Capricorn later on in the year. And 19th of November is there for a long, long time. Uh, last year, Pluto was in Aquarius uh, from March till June. Uh, so you think about what kind of things came in then. You know, there's lots of publicity about artificial intelligence, this kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of perhaps a kind of plan that's uh, various people might have, but we want to think, how do we want to use this energy? How do we want to, um, uh, how do we want to use technology ourselves in a high frequency way? What, 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 what are we, um, what are we aiming at here? What being more conscious about our technological choices is key. Uh, some potentials, well, Pluto's, in Aquarius, uh, next 20 years, I would say um, power systems revolutionized, um, free energy, um, uh, and the uh, investigations into the uh, the mad scientists and their uh, bizarre views of health and technology are only just beginning, really. I mean, this is um, going to be um, a long period of people waking up to, as I say, I recommend uh, people such as Dr. Thomas Cowan on um, uh, electricity and um, how it's connected to health. Now, as I said, on Valentine's Day, uh, Mars and Pluto are conjunct, uh, and then uh, Venus is uh, very close as well at that point. So this is this might be... Uh, connected to uh, the uh, events that happened around Christmas uh, 2020, uh, when a 20-year cycle began when Jupiter and Saturn also met at uh, zero degrees Aquarius. So you think about what happened late on in 2020. Um, I mean, for me, this astrology period starts. So, you know, I was looking, thinking like, well, maybe, maybe this would be a very, uh, very kind of popular kind of, uh, uh, thing, all these astrology uh, uh, kind of videos and um, second life astrology and um, podcasts and things like that. Um, what kind of things did you begin in your life in, in that period anyway? And um, get a kind of systems check. Another thing about this um, Valentine's Day period, Chiron in Aries is conjunct the North Node, so it indicates huge, kind of perhaps painful, but life script changing moves. Um, again, kind of very much solidifying partnerships or relationships or romantic relationships in particular, or them kind of exploding. Uh, it indicated around this um, this uh, middle of February Valentine's Day period. As I say, we're in the uh, year of the Greenwood Dragon. So, you know, according to my uh, research into Chinese astrology, which I'm kind of novice in Chinese astrology, um, but I am actually a monkey in Chinese astrology. So, you know, pretty smart, the monkeys I find. 
uh, great visionary leaders, uh, the the wooden dragons, innovate, innovate, innovative people, problem solvers, uh, new projects, uh, important to being integrity with like noble kind of goals uh, really for for the dragons, you know, in particular. I very much recommend, you know, getting in touch with the dragons, and, you know, hanging out, making friends. Great people, great kind of, you know, entities. Now, for yeah, more detail about uh, Jupiter's uh, conjunction with uh, Uranus, which is, to my mind, the key aspect of the whole year, the key thing, which has, as I will point out, some, you know, some kind of areas we should be kind of cautious or conscious of. So uh, Uranus is, has been in Taurus uh, for, you know, about six years by this point. And, you know, he's been helping us to kind of become aware of, like, uh, wealth building and um, becoming more connected to the planet through such things as the uh, the Gaia contract, which is another thing I would recommend people look at. I'll put a link about that under this video. Uh, but also Taurus is something of a kind of, kind of somehow stuck in a rut kind of thing, really. And Uranus is very good at awakening as to exactly where we are stuck in a rut. Uh, and, you know, it's all very well being aware of these things and conscious, but Jupiter and later on Mars will really help us to, um, you know, get out of those ruts and or perhaps value those ruts. Yeah, this is a great rut to be in. Really great rut, really powerful. We might be really happy with our kind of rut that we're in. But yeah. Why didn't everyone get it? It's great. So, as I say, I looked back at the last time Jupiter and Uranus uh, met in Taurus, which, you know, here in Britain was a pretty bleak time in the middle, like the end, just about the end of the Blitz and Second World War. Fortunately, Germany, you know, bizarrely decided in a typically unexpected Uranus move that their best hope of success was to advance along the entire Soviet Union frontier, hundreds of miles, and proceeded to lose almost masses of people. Uh, yeah, Soviet Union, absolutely huge. Russia, gigantic place, big winter. You would think perhaps they would have learned something from what from Napoleon when he actually got there. And as I recently found out in War and Peace, a uh, great TV production, uh, Anthony Hopkins on YouTube, I recommend it. Uh, Napoleon got to Moscow, got to Russia, got to Moscow, took over Moscow. It's so huge that the Russians just left Moscow to him, retreated into the countryside and waited for the winter, knowing that Napoleon's entire army was going to get frozen to death. Napoleon ended up kind of abandoning uh, his troops pretty much and getting on a sled. But I digress. This kind of thing is, it's perfectly possible to, as Germany found, be a little bit over-optimistic and, you know, dare I say, hubristic uh, and try and take on too much. Alternatively, 
Jupiter and Uranus and Taurus uh, in Britain meant that we essentially found ourselves surrounded by U-boats um, uh, and uh, dangerous kind of um, uh, forces. So it became entirely, became self-sufficient on our own agricultural produce to an extent uh, that we probably hadn't been for... Um, I don't know, maybe a century, I don't know. Uh, so we revolutionized our farming. So there was like two thirds of the, the, the food eaten by people in the UK was produced in the UK. So these are possibilities and um, to look at here. And um, you know, perhaps a word of caution, because Jupiter never knows when to stop, really. Um, the Soviet Union, yeah, possible. That's what That's what they thought. Now, Jupiter and Uranus, they meet every 13 years. So you could also check 2001, 1988, 1975, any patterns that seem relevant then. Uh, Mars is also uh, with Saturn, as I say, in Pisces. So, you know, trining, uh, sorry, sextiling Jupiter and, and Uranus, giving some Excellent practical mystical support to these exciting adventures. Now, then, so after that, uh, pretty soon Jupiter enters the sign of the twins, Gemini. Yeah, it kind of lightens up things. It's you know less about you know practical matters and. Um, uh, with Jupiter and Taurus, it's less danger of eating too many sweet things, really, let's face it. And explorers encourage us to explore a neighborhood, you know, try out new ideas, new technology, uh, new circles of friends. And um, Mars comes along and meets him in the uh, middle of August to start a new two-year cycle around expansive adventures um, in a communicative technological sense. Uh, Jupiter, as I said, trines Pluto, and um, but Jupiter will square Saturn uh, a couple of times, which nineteenth uh, of August, twenty fourth of December, and also uh, after his retrograde in June twenty twenty five, when Jupiter and Saturn have gone to different signs. So you know, it can be possible to kind of um, get a bit too focused in. Um, talking rather than doing uh it can be a little bit too focused on um oh, look at something shiny and um, not really getting on with anything uh so yeah get a bit of reality from the uh, the practical mystic sign in pisces um will help us out there and so then we move to the eclipses 25th of march full moon partial eclipse libra trying pluto and um yeah, it's sextile Pallas Athena, who uh, is in where in Sagittarius at that point. Uh, Pallas Athena spends most of the year in Scorpio, but as a brief recce into um, into Sagittarius. So as I say, releasing dissonant connections, looking at the um, in the balance imbalance in partnerships and with our friends, and um, you know, you know, perhaps dropping some things that we're just not that involved in. Uh, Palace Athena helps us to be kind of fairly uh, strategic um, and um, 
as we become more aware of um, less resonant connections we have. And then, as I said, uh, you know, uh, the full moon partial eclipse is not so strong because it's partial, but there's a very strong eclipse in uh, April, uh, total uh, solar eclipse, and we're a new moon, uh, retrograde Mercury, as I say. So it's important to kind of uh, communicate sensitively at this point where things can things communicated can be extremely painful uh, if we're not careful um, but also it can be harsh truths that will help us to um, uh, really up upgrade our life and um, start new uh, life script changing uh, initiatives as I say will be this might be old messages that people have been trying to tell us for ages and finally they get through this uh, solar eclipse. Now we have um, April, as I say, 10th of April, Mars conjunct Saturn, 14 degrees Pisces. Uh, it's very much about taking action on our um, dreams, um, actively um, producing art, uh, painting, writing, films, and, uh, and being just more practical. Uh, I mean, yeah, my book just kind of fell off my lap a little bit, as I said, the word films. Um, but this seems to be a key part of the, um, the Saturn in Pisces cycle. Because uh, Mars has a two-year cycle, and um, obviously um, Saturn is more two and a half years, three years. So, yeah, let's just... So I've just checked, and this is the um, the only uh, time that Mars uh, will be conjunct Saturn uh, while Saturn is in Pisces, which with Saturn having a 29-and-a-half-year cycle means that there won't be another opportunity like this uh, for decades to uh, you know work on those mystical skills of Pisces or those artistic projects with the uh, benefit of the uh, potential energies of Saturn in Pisces to kind of help us along. So this is a key opportunity here, which I would suggest should not be wasted. Similarly, uh, Mars uh, will conjunct uh, Neptune, who's also coming towards the end of his time in Pisces as well, at 28 degrees. So... This is quite late on in Pisces, two degrees to go. So I would say April is a you know critical opportunity to um, for these kind of Piscean pursuits to start these cycles off that won't be seen again for um, well well Neptune won't be in Pisces for another like one hundred and sixty years. So you know this won't come again for a while. I would definitely any kind of artistic mystical, uh, any kind of pursuits like those on a Piscean level, I would just, in April, just go, go with them. Now, I have mentioned this before, the Nessus-Theseus uh, opposition, the Nessus in Pisces, Theseus in, uh, is it Theseus or Therius? I might have spelled that wrong. Therius. Dear, dear. 
I might have um, mistakenly written the um, the name of the hero of various Greek um, uh, mythologies. I think it's Theseus. Was he the person who defeated Medusa with an mirror? Not sure. Anyway, Nessus Theorius. This cycle's been going on uh, since uh, 14th of October 2022, 18th of February 2023, 27th of August 2023, and... Late May, early June, uh, it will continue. Now, as I say, this um, it's important to yeah, look at what links these dates in your life. And it speaks of the hunter, uh, Therius. It's like hunter, stalker. Nessius is more of a kind of violent, um, uh, unprovoked kind of attacker. So checking our entourage, physical, non-physical entourage, and I think if we look around, particularly in the media, you can see various people who are just um, not necessarily attacking, but are just like staying present, just waiting for their chance to uh, you know, do various things which are not particularly pleasant for uh, other people. So not giving our power away, not agreeing with these things, um, you know, on a physical level, perhaps detoxing uh, parasites and um, heavy metals and various toxins, uh, energetically processing those patterns which make these things uh, resonant, in such as is, is what they call uh, in the Nelia Benz's uh, terminology, which I recommend in the classes, particularly rule of rules of engagement, uh, victim aggressor cycles, martyr savior complexes. Uh, in this uh, particular aspect, uh, I would particularly recommend uh, going onto YouTube and searching for the Sky uh, Priestess, Barave, and I don't know how to say her name, the second name. Uh, it was a very, very helpful in, in terms of highlighting this and did some excellent original research into this aspect. Also in early June, uh, Venus uh, meets the Sun, sextile the true North Node. True North Node is different to the uh, the mean North Node, which is more of a mathematical calculation. True North Node is um, uh, kind of well, it's a point in the sky that indicates where we want to move to towards at this point. Uh, with Aries, that means we want to focusing on initiating things, pioneering, adventurous, and starting things off. Um, this Venus star point will be square Saturn, so um, being careful to act in integrity with the master of mysticism, Pisces and Saturn looking on. Uh, show that we're committed to um, things that we speak about uh, is important because... Um, the Venus star point is in Gemini. It was very chatty, very, you know, lighthearted, bubbly, kind of sociable. Uh, and really speaks of feelings. Um, at the same time, uh, Juno, uh, the asteroid Juno of commitment and marriage and things like this, is opposite the, um, the Venus star point. Virgo, who's also uh, very interested in communication, is, is checking to see if Venus is just kind of saying things and not really meaning them, perhaps, or, you know, just being a little bit 
too careless in her communications uh, and kind of elder asteroid uh, Juno, she will be um, yeah, checking this. Uh, uh, Virgo is, is, of course, ruled by Mercury, as is uh, Gemini. So it's, it's a very chatty uh, period there, good chatting people up kind of um, aspect. And later on, we have um, the Grand Water Trine, 16th of June, or around that time. Neptune, Pisces, going backwards and forwards. Pallas and Athena, it's a, 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 quite a, a retrograde period in the year. Uh, goes from Scorpio into Sagittarius, and then Pallas Athena goes back into Scorpio, which means that Neptune and Pallas Athena will be trying three times in you know, January, May, and August. So it's uh, with Esther in Cancer, this is a um, very emotional um, period here. It's very much uh, indicates heightened sense of empathy and nurturing. Uh, we're, you know, very sensitive to psychic energies around ourselves, very intuitive, um, perhaps paying attention to our dreams and gut feelings. Excellent for healing stories. Uh, and uh, Pallas Athena uh, in Scorpio is um, very wise, uh, very good at you know, finding out secret information that will be helpful for us and um, you know, helping us with our strategies. And then we move into uh, mid-July, where, as I, as I said, Mars, uh, who's just uh, met uh, Jupiter, and Jupiter and Uranus have just started off this amazing kind of adventure, which might possibly be biting off more than they can chew, but at the same time could actually be hugely beneficial transformations, perhaps in finances, food, uh, various kind of uh, romantic areas with um, also our connection to the planet. Mars will come along and, uh, you know, give us a bit more impetus to get on with it, you know, do, take some action. At the same time, with Mars and Uranus working together, things, they might be a little bit unpredictable. They might kind of just, you know, suddenly take on a completely different um, set of activities that you would never have thought that person would do. This would be some jaw-dropping financial shifts in this uh, period with uh, Mars, Uranus and Jupiter all having put their energy into Taurus and we're coming towards the end of um, Uranus and Taurus. I mean, there might be a couple of years left, but but, you know, pretty soon Uranus uh, will we'll start to explore uh, Gemini in a year or two. But for now, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on there. A lot going on at the end of Taurus. Now, we come to a big uh, retrograde of Mars. Uh, Mars gets into Cancer at the start of September. At the start of October, it'll enter what we call a retrograde shadow, where it'll be... Um, going forwards to uh, six degrees Leo, 
in on the 6th of December, then going retrograde, turning direct in late February next year, 2025, and eventually leaving his retrograde shadow uh, 2nd of May, which is some, you know, it's quite a while, it's like seven months in the retrograde shadow. So, you know, all of our activities will be pretty much under the microscope for a while because Pluto at the end of Capricorn, beginning of Aquarius, is uh, will be opposing the uh, action man, saying like, you know, what are you doing, Mars? Why are you doing things like that? Why can't you be more constructive? Why, you know, and Mars, you know, proud kind of warrior, might take this all a bit personally, you know, might need to, you know, process some ego issues, might need to um, look deep into some kind of fears and programs that are artificially limiting what he's doing. Is he really doing what he wants to do? Or is he just in kind of old patterns? Mars will mainly be in Cancer, so these could be things that we're doing around the home, around family, the boundaries of our homes, for example, could be um, perhaps tensions in the family will finally be um, removed potentially in this period. There's great possibility for internal empowerment and change through processing things. Uh, when Mars is in Leo, which um, you know in November and um, December, in particular. Uh, it could be kind of fairly dramatic. You know, it's very much an aspect of, like, kingly aspect, Mars and Leo. So you kind of wonder what will happen, uh, particularly with the monarchy of, of the UK or or other kind of monarchs, such as the president, a place like the USA, and their kind of dynasties. But most people um, seem to look at the British royal family, but you look at the American presidential system and how it's always the same people related to the same families. I mean, I saw a video by David Icke where even Meghan Markle was related to um, US presidents or presidential candidates. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what would happen there with these um, uh, powerful uh, figures in uh, politics and monarchies, and how they um, how they are kind of face transformations, particularly at the end of two thousand twenty four, uh, early period of two thousand twenty five. I mean, certainly in the UK, it seemed to me that there were um, big changes happening with um, older members of the royal family uh, dying, and um, shortly after they're apparently taken in various so-called injections. Um, so for us, my, for most people, this would be a period of conserving our energies and um, perhaps coming to terms with explosive uh, revelations uh, Pluto in Aquarius will reveal about unscientific uh, modus operandi uh, and really seeing through the veil of um, various illusions that we might have held about our physical health, which um, Mars is very much embodiment of um, vitality and energy. And Pluto will uh, 
make clear the exact state of um, uh, uh, the health of Mars. As I say, with Mars retrograde, it's obviously uh, masculine energies. So uh, reevaluating these kind of things uh, can be present here, with, particularly in the family. Uh, Mars, um, Mars and Cancer is uh, more like the energetic kind of uh, younger male figures. So that'd be very interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Now, we have um, the second set of eclipses this year, uh, September, October. Uh, 17th of September, the full moon lunar eclipse, 25th, 25 degrees Pisces, conjunct Neptune, square Mercury, Venus, and Saturn, sextile Uranus and Pluto. So this is um, a releasing kind of... Um, uh, eclipse with a, the lunar eclipse the first of a uh two two or three years of uh, pisces virgo eclipses so i would suggest this is about uh releasing uh and seeing through uh delusions the lunar eclipse conjunct neptune uh and particularly Square um, Saturn in Pisces, who's really opening uh, our eyes to uh, things, the ideals that we held that we thought were true, uh, and are turning out not to be quite so, uh, and developing a more practical uh, view of um, our uh, dreams and our feelings about situations. And also square Mercury and Venus, I should say, who are in uh, Virgo. I'll, I'll just check, just check that. Maybe I might have made a slight error there. Hopefully not. Ah, whew. yeah, just spotted that in time. Yeah, so it's conjunct net. Uh, the, the, the eclipse on the 17th of September is uh, conjunct Neptune and square Jupiter, not square Mercury, Venus, or Saturn. Sorry about that. That's, I don't know what happened there. So this is part of the um, uh, Jupiter squaring the um, planets in Pisces, such as this Saturn in Pisces. Uh, in this case, Neptune. As uh, Jupiter will go forwards and backwards around that 20 degrees uh, Gemini period, but but this this one will be um, anyway. Jupiter will be square the eclipse, so it could make things uh, seem bigger than they are. It might exaggerate things slightly. We might see that we might get kind of a the uh, scales falling from people's eyes, but it might be seem. Uh, much worse than it is or it might exaggerate things to a level that the whole world appears like some kind of surreal joke uh, be careful with um, Jupiter and Neptune working together like that uh, particularly when they're squaring each other uh, with an eclipse as well so it's quite a surreal eclipse in some ways 
or we might get a real insight into how our kind of dreams, daydreams, and physical reality intertwine. Then we go on to the uh, the final eclipse of the year, 2nd of October, the, the Ring of Fire eclipse, 10 degrees uh, Libra. I say it's conjunct Mercury, Black Moon Lilith, who's you know very much um, not going to take any nonsense from anyone. Um, it's not going to go around following other people's orders, thank you very much. Uh, and also conjunct the South Node. So this is another eclipse that's a releasing eclipse. That's cut we're looking at here. And it could be that we get some kind of messages about people that we know, or we get some kind of communication that really kind of puts people in a, a whole different light. Uh and we're like, whoa, I, I would never have thought that. That's unbelievable. Uh so yeah, just kind of trying to keep an open mind, trying not to um, be too kind of stunned, I would think, about what's revealed about people at this point. Particularly, this is with Libra, this is about partnerships and um, uh, spouses and uh, uh, kind of connections. So it's kind of also indicates with Libra about justice, about rebalancing situations. Uh, perhaps legal action around uh, uh, fake injections uh, and um, fake views of uh, so-called climate change, man-made climate change, the, the, that big lie, um, can be seen more visibly at this point and really can lead to some major repercussions. Uh, it's square series, the uh, Earth, uh, goddess, the nurturing earth goddess, so uh, of of Gaia. I mean, um, so that's about in the case. Yeah, just be very aware of our connection to Gaia. For example, it could be people becoming more aware of um, the cloud making kind of chemtrail planes, and um, exactly what's in those sprays, and um, yeah, this could be quite a big thing and these eclipses will be particularly powerful over the six months after that during the mars retrograde uh with the opposition to pluto so you know i said these really big mass awakening uh kind of aspects here we're seeing all the time then we get to late november and there's a fantastic Grand fire trine, sun in Sagittarius, Mars, just slowing down before going retrograde in Leo and, you know, North Node, the final kind of period at the beginning of Aries, kind of orchestrations of um, passion, inspirational, creative action, kind of bold projects indicated here to, which, you know, it might not be so easy to kind of take action on while Mars goes uh, retrograde. But these are, um, you know, these things that very exciting explorations and adventures can be, um, can become uh, possible. Uh, I would say like, um, this is a great period for um, going on a nice adventurous uh, holiday, for example.
or um, doing some kind of group work in uh, on a new project that hopefully you want to finish it before Mars goes retrograde start of December. Careful with those matches, of course, with the fire being so powerful in this grand fire try. Now, coming towards the end, um, I just want to mention uh, an, an aspect in um, uh, aspects involving Chiron. As I said, there'll be Chiron conjunct North Node around Valentine's Day, 19th of April, indicating significant shifts around that week. And then in late July, Chiron will get to 23 degrees Aries, and this will be almost conjunct uh, Eris, the very disruptive Eris, uh, the, uh, the planet that managed to uh, replace Pluto as an official planet uh, uh, recently. Uh, or maybe, was it a decade or two ago? I don't know. Maybe somebody could let me know. Anyway, that's astronomy. And yeah, Eris has been obviously in a long kind of square period with Pluto, which is now finally uh, dissipating. Now that Pluto's uh, moving more fully into Aquarius and away, but more than five degrees away from the square with Chiron around 24 Aries, uh, Eris around 24 degrees Aries, and not Chiron. So Chiron is moving into a, a conjunction uh, with Eris, uh, but uh, he won't quite get there. Uh, he'll get to 23 degrees, get two degrees away from his conjunction in um, late July uh, 2024. And this indicates huge, kind of disruptive uh, events which can completely alter um, uh, our kind of life course, um, which I would indicate with Chiron and Aries, but a lot of people's physical health um, has been very much compromised by um, uh, so-called in injections uh, last few years. And this indicates to me this will be a period where this will become really blatantly obvious, particularly when Chiron uh, conjuncts Eris three times, uh, first two times in 2025, uh, third time in 2026, and they will be, still be square each other until 2028. So for the next like four years, 2024 to 2028, this I would suggest becomes really, really obvious, and all the kind of masks of um, people who've been promoting this lunacy uh, will really be really slip, and I. Uh, you just hopefully this will be in the gentlest kind of way possible, but um, they are these signs are both in Aries, um, so it could be uh, fairly volatile. Uh, for the asteroids, as I say, Pallas Athena goes from Scorpio into Sagittarius and then back into Scorpio and then back into Sagittarius and then gets finally gets to Capricorn in December. Vesta, Gemini, and Libra, Juno. Uh, it's a long stay in Virgo. Checking all the um, all the documents, all the all the T's across, and the I's are dotted, and everything. Going through all the details of communications until August. Then gets the Libra and Scorpio series in um, Sagittarius, and uh, and there's quite a long stay in Capricorn. 
indicating that we feel nourished by um, traditions and um, uh, established um, institutions, which would be quite nice to have series in Capricorn after Pluto has been simating. Uh, 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 Capricorn elements that are out of integrity for the last like, 15, 16 years. And then finally gets to Aquarius at the end of the year. So just here at the end, I've just um, itemized the uh, Mercury retrograde periods. Um, you see they're um, in Capricorn and Sagittarius, uh, in Aries, in um, Virgo and Leo, uh, and also Sagittarius. So you can see it's a very much a fire-based um, series of Mercury retrogrades there. So just kind of trying not to kind of put a foot in it kind of when we say something, which is a typical Mercury and Sagittarius issue. And, you know, trying to keep a, lip, a lid on kind of any kind of volatile outbursts uh, will serve as well, I would say, looking at that. And also here are the new moons and full moons with the uh, eclipses for the full moons and new moons in March, April, September and October through the year, which hopefully we'll be able to look at uh, in more detail. Uh, and finally, just there's the um, outer planets. Uh, I have made a video about Saturn in Pisces. Uh, and it's also Uranus and Taurus, Neptune, Pisces, Pluto, finally uh, leaving Capricorn uh, for good this year into Aquarius. So that's it for um, my uh, summary of uh, 2024. Hopefully um, this will be of use to you if you have stayed here um, this long. I'm, uh, I congratulate you on your dedication. Uh, and I would really much appreciate it if you could share this uh, recording or podcast um, with your friends and other people. Uh, go and visit my uh, website, uh, com, where all these astrology readings are. There are details of where you can purchase uh, uh, readings for yourself or other people, like personality readings or transit readings or readings about ventures that you want to, uh, you're considering trying or you have uh, started. And um, it's also a Telegram group, which has uh, got some interesting um, conversations from time to time on there. And um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah, thank you for your time. And hopefully we'll have a, um, a very powerful and uh, effective uh, uh, 2024. Yeah, goodbye.